Welcome to the Jamoti Podcast. We are all surrounded by amazing coaches and leaders. So let's get an inside look at not just what they do, but how they do what they do. After all, becoming the best versions of ourselves is Jamoti, just a matter of doing it. Coaches, the Jamoti Podcast is powered by Bology. Manage and measure your players' skill development and increase accountability year-round utilizing the Bology app. Boost inter-squad competition with drills backed by the National High School Basketball Coaches Association, including a 40-shot Bology skills assessment. Please visit Bology.com teams for information on how you can provide this resource for your team. Well, Coach, 42 years as a high school coach, uh, and then with all of your work with USA Basketball, I can't imagine just what your days look like, what habits, daily habits set you up for success. Well, you know, that's I, I that's a great question because I think, you know, daily habits are something that we all kind of strive to attain a little bit just to, just to make our life easier and flow better and all that kind of stuff. So, as a, I mean, as a young as a young coach, you know, I I didn't really pay much attention to what my daily habits were. Hmm. You know, I, hey, this had to be done so I did it. Excuse me, and this had to be done, so you did it. You know, uh, I think the longer I coached, I tried to really fit in uh, my daily habits. I tried to fit in what had to be done into my daily habits, as opposed to, you know, trying to get things done. I just, just on a, uh, and not part of my daily habits. So, you know, I think, I think I grew up on a farm, uh, and and my dad was. Uh, uh, rest his soul. It was a great individual as far as, I mean, he, we had to get up and work. It wasn't, you know, it wasn't a type of farm where, uh, somebody else did the work. We did the work. So, I mean, I think that established some habits for me, you know, just, um, watching him kind of grind it out every day. That's what he did. Um, you know, and we, we didn't have a lot, which I didn't know at the time. Hmm. I found out later that we, you know, we, that mom and dad struggled a little bit. But um, so I think the work ethic that that is in is is a habit. I, you know, I, I hate to say this, but I don't see a lot of kids, players at a young age really have really developed a really work ethic that's a habit. And, yeah. Uh, uh, unfortunately, I think that's part of, you know, what makes up uh, a great uh, player is is the work ethic. Uh, you know, I've, I've had a chance to work uh, Kobe Bryant's camps for several years. And uh, actually, I worked at the, the um, NBA, National Basketball Players Association camp. The very first one they had, Kobe was a camper there. Excuse me. You know, and his work ethic was was a habit. I mean, he would get up in the mornings and he would get his work in. And I mean, it, so I think all of us can certainly learn about you know what it is to 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 create a habit that you that's a work ethic habit. Uh, and the, and of course, it continued through Kobe's you know career. Uh, I think one of the best things if you watch that uh, documentary on the Dream Team, yeah. Uh, uh, well, it was a redeem dream, what it was, but you know, he he one part in there, he came down about four thirty in the morning. He was just going to work out, and 
and I uh, forget who it was. They're just coming in. Yep, yeah. they're just coming up. He's yeah. like, yep. Yeah, and then it, but it, but the next day, a few of those guys went with Kobe. So yeah, he was able to influence them just yeah. with his work ethic, and it was inspiring to even these other high achievers. That just shows yeah. the level that he was on. Yeah. So you know, I think. Excuse me, I got a little cough, but it's okay. I, I think uh, you know, so I think that's a habit that we that I try to instill in players and just just a work ethic habit that uh and I think if you do that, you probably stick out a little bit from the normal routine of of normal players. And uh so I think that's one thing uh that was taught very young to me is uh you know, we 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 got up and we did farm chores and we got home and we did farm chores and, and you know then then if you want to play ball that's okay. Uh, <laughs> if you, you have fun. enough left in the tank, right, right. <laughs> Both my mom and dad are very supportive of me, yeah. of me playing and and developing my skills. So uh, you ask about you know habits. That's obviously one thing. Work habit. I think that I think the other thing is you know to go kind of go along with that. I think you develop habits of you know organization, whatever that may be. Uh, you know, now my, now my wife is really type A. I mean, she's like type A plus. <laughs> so I'm I'm like I'm kind of type B. So I'm not quite there yet. But she's taught me a lot about organization, and you know, just excuse me, it's amazing. Just little things like you know, put your put your keys in the same place every day, so you know where they are. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, routines. Kind of yeah, routines. routines. Yeah. get into and and yeah that's a better word for it but you know i think we develop routines um and and we're, we're a better person for it you know a routine might be you know i got this 15 minutes right here i might you know i might do a daily devotion for 15 minutes and you get in a routine where you so i think you know you you have a habit a work habit then you have a routine habit uh i think those are all really good to just from a personal standpoint to, to make you a better coach and a better person. You mentioned early on about work ethic being something that you don't see in a lot of our younger players coming up and, and coach, I've had a lot of coaches say the same thing. And I've actually had some kind of say now uh, work ethic or being a hard worker is a skill. Like it's actually a skill now that players have to, it's not just something natural that they have, you know, that they were uh, kind of raised, you know, having. And yeah. so if it is a skill, well, that means that it can be developed. Yeah. And so coach, how do we develop that work ethic into our players? Well, I, that's a good question. I mean, even with our elite players on our junior national team, uh, I, I think the number one thing that we, we try and develop that needs to be developed is a high level of competitive nature within within a player, and uh, you know you think you think all great, all really good players, and you know you look at look at my own teams. You know I had some players that were ultra competitive, and I had some that weren't very competitive. But I think as a coach, you really try and make uh, not make them, but at least show them what a competitive player does and i think in, in a practice session i think you look at your practice sessions all right what what can i do in my practice sessions to elevate the competitiveness of of a player 
well, I think first of all, you 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 do time and score. Anytime you do time and score, you're going to have a you know, winner and a loser, or whatever. Now, there's times in a, in a practice session where you get, you have to teach, but then once you get teaching and once you do your reps and once you establish you know your reps establish habits, then you get into the fact. All right, now we're going to compete, hmm. and uh, uh, we do that a lot. Three, three on three is a huge thing for us. We do a lot of three on three, both with our with high school teams and 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 with our junior national teams. We did not do that probably ten years ago, so we've really taken a more formal approach to how we construct our practices to bring out the competitive nature of players. And we'll we keep track a lot of all right. Uh, we're playing three on three today, and everybody, <clears throat> if you win this segment. We're gonna we're gonna put a W beside your name. So these three players get a W. These six players or nine or ten, whatever, get an L. All right. Then we maybe we do it again later in practice. Maybe we play four on four later. So now we keep track. All right, these four get a W. Everybody else gets an L. So after about three or four days of practice, we can see who has a lot of Ws. We can see who has a lot of L's, and and we do this on our junior national team too. So it's amazing how. This uh, carries over. So now you talk to you, say, hey, Johnny, uh, I see you have like uh, 10 L's uh, when we compete and two W's. So what does that tell you about the level you're competing you know, type thing? So I, I think I think just having them be aware of their, their level of competition uh, is one thing. And then I think as a coach, I think you can construct your practices to really bring out the best competitive nature of players. And and like you said, you made a great point is that, you know, unfortunately, uh, that's kind of a skill. We, I never thought of that as a skill. Yeah. You know, but now I think we have to say, all right, this is maybe a skill we have to teach. And, uh, and so I think every practice session has to be thought of through and made to be, uh, something that we're we're going to we're going to teach that that uh, competitive nature with man such a great point about uh, how many times in our practice plan do we have uh, a segment uh like let's just say we're going through some offensive movements and it, it there is teaching involved but it's just for a set amount of time a set amount of reps we're going to flip it and then we move on and maybe yeah. there were some moments within those 10 minutes where we were able to establish some good habits and teach some things, but how much yeah. more, how much more productive could that time be? I mean, just adding, like you said, time and score, the W's and the L's, man, that, that takes it, the learning, it, it makes it more realistic. And the the maybe some of the problems or issues that you're seeing they're real because the competition level is high. That's actually the problems we're going to see when we play. Because yeah. how many times do we say something like, well, that's not going to work in a real game? What does that even mean? Like it, it, real game as opposed to what in practice? And I think I struggle with that sometimes. You know, over the years, and, you know, I, I call on my 42 years of coaching a lot because, it, because really coaching has changed a little bit. Uh, I'm not sure, you know, I mean, I, I think players have changed, but that's based on maybe the social media type of thing. But um, I, I've seen I've seen where 
maybe 10, 15, 20 years ago, players played on the blacktop. They were, they got out there and, and they, they competed. Yeah. Oh, hey, I got <laughs> you four guys. <clears throat> Excuse me. All right. I, us five guys are going to be on a team. So we're going to go out there and we're going to compete. And if we lose, it might be a half hour, 45 minutes to an hour before we get back on the court. You know, and I remember uh, vividly what I have four brothers too. So uh, vividly what myself was, you know, I'd go to the courts and, and, uh, and watch my brothers play too. But I think in that process, what, what happened is you learned really clearly what your role was mm. playing at those pickup games. Uh, I mean, you, you know, there's, there's, there's things you have bad habits with that you, you may have playing those pickup games, but you know, now um, we don't, kids don't do that. Everything's structured now. Structured team practice, structured skill coach, structured. uh, Yeah. The, 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 here's what I found from, from pickup is the ability to experiment to try new yeah. things because right now you and I don't really want our guys trying new things in team practice, especially not in games. Like that's not the time to experiment. So when do they get to? Exactly. So my point of it is, you know, since that's not a big thing anymore, you, you know, now they can dribble around cones forever, you know, uh, which is what <laughs> trainers do evidently because because uh, that's a lot, a lot of kids do. Uh, or stand in place and dribble. I yep. watch, watch James Harden a lot. Oh. Anyway, so now I think so. I think that's changed a little bit. Our, you know, our coaching, uh, I think, has to be more of a situation where we let them kind of figure things out a little more. You know, that's why I think three on three is so valuable. I mean, I coach my nine year old grandson's team when I'm. When I'm back at Ireland, I, I tell coaches, first of all, if you're a high school coach and you want to find out how good a coach you are, coach some nine-year-olds. You'll you'll find out how good a coach you are. Get them, you know, get them organized and get them doing something. That's a good point. Yeah. So coach some nine-year-olds if you think you're a pretty good coach. <laughs> uh, I know a lot of college coaches could not do it or would want to do it. But even at that level, three on three, now everybody gets to handle the ball. Uh, you can make you can make rules of all right. We're going to make only you're going to make cuts to the basket. You know you're not two dribble limit. All those kind of things. And then let them play out of it. Let them just play. I think that in first of all three on three enhances. <coughs> I got a little cold. Sorry. Enhances, enhances the skill level. Sorry. Now we're going to find out really how good a left hand you got playing three on three. You know we're going to find out how good of of uh, jumper you got from mid-range playing three-on-three. So it enhances the skill development, and then it enhances competition because uh, you're competing uh, as well. And then it, it also en- enhances the uh, the knowledge of a, a player just to figure things out. Because mm-hmm. you know? we tell players, you know, to start with, I tell my, my nine-year-olds, once you pass the ball in three-on-three, make a cut. There's no wrong cut. There's just no wrong cut. Now you'll find out there there might be better cuts than others. Right. But one initially, 
the only thing, the only worst thing you can do is pass and stand, you know? So we're trying to get in that mode now. All right. Now, so now when they're playing, uh, kind of freelance type of things, they're passing, they're moving, they're failing, they're cutting. Now it's, it becomes a little bit of a, a game with them and, and things look a little better. So, you know, I think, I think we as coaches need to do a better job of bringing that kind of to a peak in practice where they have, because, because sometimes we sell our players a little bit short, I think players have the ability to kind of figure things out mm. and, and, uh, not, you know, basketball to me is a game that's been long, uh, overcoached and undertaught. You know, we, we, uh, I tell coaches at, at clinics, you know, we, we think we have a lot of control of our players during games. We have zero control, basically. I mean, they're out there playing, and no matter what you do from the sidelines, you may call timeout and stuff, sure, but you really have less control than you think you do. Yeah. And and really, you don't want that much control with them. You want them to kind of free play and let them figure things out. Uh, I, I read a or I had a, a uh, NBA scout tell me one time that 70% of the plays that are run in the NBA do not turn out like they were diagrammed. They break down. So what does that tell you? Well, it tells you that players better figure things out when something breaks down. Yep. You know, and with three on three, we do a lot of what we call first action stuff. All right, we're going to do a first action. Maybe it's a UCLA cut. Now play out of that. Maybe it's a ball screen. Maybe it's a side ball screen. Now we're going to play out of that. Maybe it's just pass and cut, and I'll play out of that. So get them some direction, but at the same time, I think that really helps them kind of figure the game out um, on their own. That's really good. And the great thing about three-on-three, three, especially with those first actions like you talked about, is it's a two-sided game. Like, they're not only offensively are they learning principles and how to play in space and how to play off each other. Defensively, they're learning how to play with a lot of space and how to guard those actions. Because if they're competitive, if they don't want that L by the name of by right. their name, then they're going to figure some of those actions out on the fly. I, I had the I had the honor of getting to direct for PGC for about five years. Oh, one nice. of the biggest switches that they had was moving to more three on three, and and yeah. like you said, free play. One was one of the biggest stretches for me was what they called bike riding time, and we were instructed to basically hold on to that whistle and you're not allowed to stop them. Don't bring them in. Don't talk to them. Don't coach them. Let them fall off the bike, get back on and try again. I love that. And that's true. That's, that's so true. I think. Uh, and I find that with my nine-year-olds, you know, when something doesn't go right, they're waiting for you to fix it. Well, I'm not going to fix it. You guys fix it. Yep. Yeah. That's a, oh, I remember that one. Uh, bike riding time. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Thank you for checking out today's episode. Please take a moment to subscribe to this podcast, share it with your fellow coaches, and find us on social media for what's coming up next on the Jamoti podcast. It's just a matter of doing it.